But at the end of the day, like like you guys have said time and time again, it, it's just a math game. If the numbers work, um, the numbers work, right? So that's kind of what I'm just out there looking for. Welcome to the Rent to Retirement Podcast, your resource for passive real estate investing and retirement strategies. If you're new to real estate or planning your financial future, you're in the right place. Join us at renttoretirement.com to find your path to financial freedom and an easy, carefree retirement. Enjoy the show. Hey, Rent to Retires, it's Adam Schrader here with another episode. And one of the things when Zach and I were talking about how can we make the podcast better in 2023? That was, let's talk with investors themselves, get them on the show, tell their stories about how they got started, what they're doing, and just kind of show people that you don't have to be, you know, getting 100 units in, uh, in one fail swoop to be successful. So we invited Richard on the show to, to talk about what he's been doing. So Richard, thanks for joining us. No, thanks, Adam. It's good to, good to talk to you again. Always a pleasure. Yeah. It's an absolute pleasure to to see you uh, see you live here. I know we've talked on the phone a few times, and um, just tell people a little bit about you, like kind of in general, what do you do, uh, and then we'll dive into your real estate stuff later. But just so people see, you are a real person who has a real job. Um, so, what do you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I guess I'll, I'll start with that. I'm a U.S. citizen, born and raised in, in Denver, Colorado. Um, but I pretty much since about 2016 have, have lived abroad. Um, I spent some time in London. I spent, I'm currently living in Singapore. And um, and uh, yeah, I'm a real person and uh, I, I have a job. I, um, actually, uh, I, I kind of work for myself now. Um, I've always been in kind of the capital markets, investment banking industry um, up until the end of 2021. And at that point, I did decide to kind of pursue um, real estate investing almost almost full time. Um, and you might ask, well, how are you doing that from the from Singapore, from the other side of the world? And, you know, that's where rent to retirement comes in. And you, Adam, and you've been really, really helpful there. Yeah. So you started, I mean, before you came to us, you had your own um, investment properties. Tell us a little bit about kind of what got you into the investing world and kind of how you found your properties there. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, you know, we'll start from the beginning, you know, you know, born and raised in Denver and, you know, middle-class family and, you know, kind of, you know, from day one had really kind of followed the path that, you know, society had set out for, you know, most of us is, you know, go to school, get a job, you know, buy a house, you know, get married, that kind of thing. And so that's really the path that I, that I started down and it was great. And so, you know, after going to school, I moved to Denver, started an investment banking job. And then, you know, once I saved up enough money, I was able to, you know, purchase my, my first condo. So I had a three bed, two bath condo in Denver. And, you know, that was great. I had ticked off, you know, something that, you know, society says I should do. And, and yeah, we were off to the races, but, you know, shortly after that, um, I had spent four years kind of in, in the banking world and decided that was a long time in the banking world. So decided to do something wild and crazy uh, with life just for some, you know, some life experience and, and actually moved to Thailand. So I, I moved to the opposite side of the world and I taught English for a year. And the reason I say that is because, you know, I still have my condo. banking. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but I still had my condo. And so that was kind of my first entry into the investment side of the world because it had just been a primary residence um, up until that point. And so, you know, I just found a group of friends that wanted to rent it from me. And uh, that was kind of the uh, the aha moment. You know, I had my, my expenses, uh, you know, my mortgage, you know, uh, insurance and taxes, but I was able to rent it out for, you know, a number greater than that. And I said, okay, we're, we're on to something here. Um, 
And then, uh, you know, when I when I finally returned from from Thailand, I decided to actually let's keep that as an investment property. Um, and then that's kind of when the the snowball effect started. So, you know, I had I bought another condo um, and then lived in that for a little bit of time. And then uh, same thing. So work actually sent me out to London. Um, so the same thing. I, I rented it out and uh, I had moved to London. Um, and then, you know, the, the Denver market had, had been quite, uh, booming, if you will, and kind of like 2014 up until, you know, 2018, 2020. And so actually, you know, the, the units that I bought, um, you know, the equity build was, was, was pretty significant. I mean, the, the increase in value was, was quite, uh, quite dramatic. And so that's when I kind of said, okay, well, there's gotta be something to this real estate thing. And so, um, that's when I started kind of going down the, the path of, you know, the, the podcast, like yourself, you know, bigger pockets started reading, you know, rich dad, poor dad, all, all these things that you kind of hear time and time again. Um, and then, you know, I was actually able to do a cash out refi on, on that first property. And I had enough, enough equity to, to buy two more properties in, in Colorado. So then I, I kind of, uh, branched out to the, the single family world and, and bought two single family homes there. Um, and doing this all abroad. Um, and then, you know, after that, it was great, got them operational tenanted, but it was a lot of work, especially, you know, being on the other side of the world. Um, and then that kind of coincided with, you know, going down the rabbit hole of these podcasts and I was actually listening to, I, I believe it was um, the Rookie Real Estate Show, you know, by Bigger Pockets, and uh, Rent to Retirement had actually advertised on that. And I said, that is quite interesting. You know, a, a turnkey provider that can essentially do all the work for you, you know, vet the properties, vet the, you know, locate, you know, you know markets and, and, and really kind of just provide a turnkey investment. And that's when I said, this is awesome. Got on the phone and, and that's when I, when I spoke with you. Yeah. So one of the things that, you know, that's fantastic to hear. I'm really happy you did. I'm happy to hear this going well. Whenever you had your second condo, and you moved to London. Did you rent that to friends as well? Or was that your first time where you kind of found external people? That was external. Yeah. So just went through, went through, uh, I think it was actually Craigslist and, and, and found people, but again, did it all on my own, you know, vetted them background checks, you know, credit checks, employment checks, all of that kind of thing. Uh, and went through that whole entire process, which, which was great. Um, I like kind of the personal aspect of, of finding the tenants as well. Um, uh, but yeah, that was pretty smooth and easy. Now, how did you manage it while you were, you know, actually, if, if something did, were there any maintenance issues and how did you handle those? Yeah. So um, I would say that I'm cheating a little bit. So my, my parents live in Colorado um, and they're both retired. And so um, whenever, whenever, whenever something, you know, needs to be done and, you know, physically they need to be there, then I can just call my parents up. So everything that can be done remotely, I, I do, um, you know, including, you know, collecting rent checks, all kind of the finances, the numbers, your know, mortgage payments, all that kind of stuff is, is pretty automatic now. But um, uh, other than that, yeah, we have had a couple issues with kind of the air con, you know, with a, a leak in the shower from above and, you know, these kind of things. So they do happen. Um, but, uh, you know, I had my parents right there and, and uh, it, it, it helps that, you know, they're so close. Nice. Yeah, that's definitely free property managers. Uh, yeah, it helps, uh, with, helps with the margins a bit. <laughs> absolutely. It's been, and you need that in Colorado and in certain places, which is why we don't end up investing in those places a lot. But I'm glad to hear that you know, your, uh, your primaries were able to turn into solid investment properties there. Um, a little bit, you mentioned, and this is something probably not probably not of a lot of our listeners are going to do, which is the self-managing part that you're doing. Tell, talk a little bit about the whole vetting process for tenants like what are you looking for or what were you looking for what are i'm assuming you're still self-managing these right so yeah. how yeah. how do you go about vetting tenants and finding the right ones 
Yeah, no, it's a good question. And um, I think I've gotten quite lucky. So since I've owned um, all of these, I, I still have the same tenants in all of them. So you did uh, a good job. <laughs> so uh, apparently they're doing, so doing something right. Um, yeah, but to, to be honest, I went down just kind of, you know, Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, um, and then actually use Zillow as well. Um, and I think, you know, when I look at these, these tenants, it, it's really, I like to get on the phone with them. Um, and first of all, it's just, you know, a casual conversation. And I think you can get a lot of information about just how, how good of a person someone is just by having a chat with them, kind of understanding their story, um, you know, whether they're a family, whether they're a group of friends or, or whatever it may be. Um, so really it's kind of that gut check sense, you know, first of all, and then once that kind of, um, once I tick that box, then it's kind of the standard stuff that you would expect, you know, doing the background checks, um, you know, employment verification. And then I also um, like to get a referral as well from, you know, someone that they've, they've uh, rented from before. And other than that, that's it. And, you know, it's all worked out quite nicely and, and everyone has, uh, you know, has kind of renewed their leases uh, time and time again. And uh, I think I've gotten quite lucky. So what's your stance on rental increases? Do you, are you a yearly raiser or, are you kind of just sitting on the same rent for years now? Yeah. So it's a good question. I've kind of gone back and forth and I've done different things with different properties, but I think what I'm settling on now is rent increases every two years. Um, just because that that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, and the tenants are happy. I'm happy. I'm able to you know continue to increase, um, ahead of my costs. Um, and that just seems to be working well. Um, I think, you know, you can get a little bit of anxiety as a tenant, just kind of expecting a rent increase every, every year, every year, every year. And so, you know, it's kind of a breath of fresh air when it's like, Hey, no rent increase this year, like happy days. You're happy. I'm happy. Let's continue this. Um, but always kind of about setting expectations that yes, well, this is what's going on in the market. Um, so, you know, you're lucky now, but we, we, there should be some kind of expectation that there will be, you know, an increase uh, in the future, of course, if it's warranted and, and uh, the market stays there. Yeah. So are you having them sign a two-year lease or are you just, when you renew, you're saying, Hey, we're not increasing. Uh, yeah, no, it's all one-year leases. And this is just kind of a verbal agreement. Um, I think, you know, we're okay. getting pretty close with my tenants. And so um, th there's a bit of a trust factor there. Yeah. Fantastic. So yeah. now you're, you've gone from those and now you're into the, the turnkey space as we discussed. Yep. Um, talk a little bit about the differences that you've experienced between, you know, getting your own places and sourcing them yourself and managing them yourselves as opposed to, you know, you've been buying newer new construction stuff with, uh, through us a little bit more about that experience with the property management and kind of how those have gone. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, uh, again, a little bit of a, of a new sphere for me to kind of, uh, to move into, but it's been a blessing, I would say, um, you know, everything that I was doing, you know, I'm very confident with the Colorado markets, but others outside of Colorado, um, I don't really know the, the markets that well. And so when you have someone like rent to retirement, who's already vetted the markets, you know, um, it's great. It makes things a lot easier. Right. And so once you kind of have the validation on, on the market side, then it's kind of like, okay, let, let's take a look at, at what the inventory is, what, what kind of homes are, are available. Um, and I'd say, you know, the homes that I've, you know, have, have purchased through rent to retirement or, you know, with your guys' help have been, uh, all, all new builds. So relatively, yeah, I mean, one of them is, is, was, finished in November and, you know, in operation now in Memphis and then um, five in, in kind of Cape Coral in, in Florida. Um, and those are kind of working through the, the construction phase. Um, but yeah, I think, I think really the summary is that you guys make things uh, pretty easy for us. Um, and, you know, happy, you know, happy to happen to be living abroad. Um, you know, it makes things just a, a lot easier. Um, and so I guess, you know, just when I think about my Memphis house, um, 
you know, it, it was, it was just very simple. You know, it was pretty much just send money here. You guys vetted the property, vetted the, vetted the, uh, you know, the property management company and, you know, they were super nice. And it's just kind of this community of, of make things easy for the investor. And, you know, I really appreciate that. Um, and while, Things are still kind of ongoing on in the in the Florida sphere. Um, I think one thing that I've learned through this process is, you know, of course, when you're dealing with third parties, whether it be, you know, builders or whether it may be the city or the Department of Health or you know whoever it may be, um, there's always going to be things that kind of uh, uh, move away from kind of your original expectations. Um, you know, delays, cost overruns, supply supply chain issues, you know, these kind of things. But to be honest with you guys, there. Um, kind of overseeing and kind of advising on the whole entire process that just gives a, a lot of comfort that, you know, things are going to get done. And um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's going to, it's going to work out just fine. Okay. One second. I'm going to plug in my laptop real quick. Cause my, my internet connection seems to be just a little faulty. So I'm going to make a note to, to change this, but let me just hardwire in for a second. Yeah, no worries. <clears throat> All right. So, all right. There we go. Let's see. Let's see if that helps. Yeah. So, when it comes to your your future investing, kind of what is your you know you mentioned you stepped back and you're trying to do this full time now. Um, how is that? You know, or it sounds like basically with four properties now five, um, probably doing some like freelance work on the side. Or how close are you to achieving your goal that you set for yourself? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and so I think when I think when I think about kind of my my future with real estate, um, I mean every single day I'm looking at you know the emails that you guys send. Um, I'm vetting kind of uh, you know what's on Zillow in in um, in Colorado and you know starting to look at some some other markets. Um, and so really the idea is is to get to that point of, of financial freedom um, where you know the passive income basically just covers all your expenses. Uh, I'm not there yet, um, but well on my way, thanks to you guys as well. Um, I think the, the Florida properties are gonna be, yeah, kind of a game changer um, to get get a little bit closer to that level. Um, and you're right, so I, I do do a bit of freelance stuff. Um, uh, like I mentioned, I was kind of in the in the banking world doing kind of currency and interest rate uh, trading. So I do a little bit of that for myself just to to pay the bills. Um, but right now it's uh, it's moving into a little bit more um, maybe identifying some some value add opportunities. Um, so have started to look at some duplexes, some quadplexes that you know are a little bit older that could use a little bit of renovation and rehab, um, and and essentially kind of looking at at doing the the Burr method. Um, everyone, I think everyone knows what that is. So that's kind of where I see myself now. You know, it's a long game. Um, and, uh, you know, right now is a, an interesting and, and kind of a dynamic market, if you would say, um, you know, no, no one really knows what's going on. You've got, you know, a lot of different factors from, from all angles. So, um, but at the end of the day, like, like you guys have said time and time again, it, it's just a math game. If the numbers work, um, the numbers work, right? So that's kind of what I'm just out there looking for. Yeah. Now you have an experience that a lot of our investors don't, and that is you've actually, bought and closed the property while not living in the US, mm-hmm. um, which is we deal with a lot of expats and they're very concerned that, you know, oh, I get paid in this other currency and, you know, I don't live in the US. So, you know, how on earth am I going to actually close? Can you talk us through a little bit of your experience, um, you know, going under contract and f- fulfilling the whole thing while not in the US? 
Yeah. So two comments on this. So because I have stopped kind of working in the employment world, I don't have what we call W-2 income uh, or employment income if you're if you're abroad. So um, I have had to look at financing options just a little bit different. Um, and I think you guys have covered some of this before on, on previous shows is um, uh, so for the Memphis property, I utilized a, a DSCR loan, a debt service coverage ratio loan, where essentially they underwrite the property as opposed to, to me. So they're not looking at my income. So that was kind of step one um, in, in this new world of uh, of living abroad and, and not having employment income. But that was actually quite easy. I think um, there's there's quite a few um, lenders out there that, that realize they need to be a little bit more flexible um, uh, just to compete. And so there are a number of lenders out there that, that can be pretty competitive on, on rates. Um, I think... I think, you know, if, if I had been employed and this was a primary residence, I think I would have gotten about you know, about a 5% uh, uh, 30 year fixed, but the DSCR came in at about 6.5. So they're a little bit more expensive, but they do provide some flexibility. Um, and then the, the second point is um, when you are abroad. Um, so everything is, is very straightforward with um, with kind of the, the buy and sell contract. You know, everything is is. Uh, done electronically, um, via DocuSign, et cetera, et cetera. Um, however, with, with the loan, um, you know, these do need to be notarized. And so usually you just kind of walk to the, you know, title companies, um, uh, office and, and get all of that done. However, being abroad, um, the, usually the, the lenders require you to actually go to the U.S. Embassy um, and, and get the loan, loan agreement signed there. And there is a little bit of additional cost there. But other than that, it's pretty straightforward. Um, and yeah, those are kind of the two the two biggest uh, things that I could say were different. Um, but other than that, it's really just kind of you know just trusting in trusting in the process, trusting in the community that you know that that you're that you're working with the buyer, or sorry the seller, you know yourselves as as kind of an advisor, and um, and everything's been great so far. Yeah, I do remember there were some emails going back and forth because you were like, guys, this is when my appointment is at the embassy. And if I yeah. if we don't make this appointment, the next one's like two weeks out. It sounded like scheduling with the embassy might have been uh, a bit of a uh, interesting yeah. times. It, it can be tricky. And sometimes, yeah, I mean, the the opening spots for kind of the notary services at uh, at the embassies can be, you know, not for, you know, three weeks, four weeks kind of thing. So that's why I was like, all right, guys, this is our hard deadline. Uh, but again, everyone came came to and made it at that right at the end. And uh, yeah, we made it happen. So again, thanks, Adam. Yeah, absolutely. So what are your, you know, you mentioned kind of doing potential burrs. Are you looking at staying in the like Colorado, Memphis and Florida areas? Are you looking at branching out? And what do you see for yourself in the, the future? Yeah, definitely. So I think in terms of in terms of markets that I'll focus on, it's probably going to be Colorado and Florida. Uh, Colorado, just because I grew up there, I know the market pretty well. Uh, my parents are there, so the margins are a little better, a little bit better without a property manager. But I really, really have high hopes for Florida. And it's a very simple investment thesis. I mean, everyone's leaving California, everyone's leaving New York, and they're either going to Florida or, or Texas, you know, where you are. <laughs> and so, um, you know, time after time, you know, you listen to, to all the professional investors and there's a there's a quite an opportunity in Florida. So um, I'm sure we will we'll, we'll continue to do business together um, as long as I'm you know, living abroad and, and there's opportunity in Florida. So that's where I'm focusing. Yeah. Now, is your plan when it comes to kind of growing and supplementing or replacing your income, sorry, um, is it are you going to keep leveraging yourself? Or are you looking to pay these off over time? Kind of what is your financial strategy with these properties? Yeah, so it's a good question. Um, so with the with the four properties in in, in Colorado, uh, luckily I was able to lock in thirty year debt uh, below three percent. Well, at, at and below three percent. So uh, I think I would be crazy to to pay those off. Um, 
so those will kind of just sit where they are. Um, but, you know, it, this is a long game. You know, I'm relatively young, you know, 34 years old. So I've got quite a bit, quite a bit of time. Um, and so, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's kind of, yeah, leverage, 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 and uh, just continue doing exactly what I've been doing. Um, and over time, the returns are going to be there. Um, which is going to be, you know, better than, you know, paying off a 3% loan. And, but at, at some point, you know, I think, I think there will be that, uh, that moment where it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, if all these properties are paid off, you know, I'm very happy with, with that level of passive income, um, but not, not quite there yet. So I think for the time being, we're going to leverage, continue to scale. Uh, but then at some point we will look to, um, yeah, kind of just slow down and, and, and live off that passive income. Yeah. Well, your statement there about your your Colorado properties is what gives me a lot of confidence about appreciation later. Is there's a lot of people sitting on three yep. percent interest rates who are going to be very hesitant to sell, and that's going to lead to uh, an even bigger inventory issue than we have uh, than we had pre COVID and during COVID. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's going to be something that's good for real estate investors long term. Maybe not so much for the homeowners or the home buyers who want to live there for primaries. Uh, yeah, they, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. When you go to refinance, you're going to have to get over yourself and be like, man, my interest rate's almost going to double. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. So what is, do you have a financial freedom date that you're you're wanting to get to? Or is it just kind of when you get there, you get there? I think it's when I get there or when, is when I get there. Um, I don't have a, a, a hard date because, you know, this is this is quite fun. Um, I, I like doing it. You know, real estate's amazing. I'm, I'm a bit of a deal junkie. I like closing, like finding the property, closing. You know, it, 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 when you guys kind of serve up these properties on a plate for us, it makes it, it easier and, it, and it's wonderful. So um, I think, uh, yeah, there's no date in mind. Uh, there's a, a bit of a number in mind, but that's always kind of changing, you know, as, as life changes and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So we will see. It's a, it's a, it's a fluid situation. We'll <laughs> Absolutely. Completely understand. So we, we always like to kind of end with uh, you know, a general kind of rapid fire question. So I'll uh, get started with these. So let's get into a rapid fires here. So you know, we, we talked about the first one, but tell us the, the, when was your first deal? So obviously it was in Colorado. It was your primary condo. And um, when, when did that start? Yeah, when did you turn it into the investment property? Uh, yeah, so that would have been 2014 when it, when it was turned into the investment property. Yep. All right. And what made you comfortable starting to invest outside your home market? Like, when did you realize eh, Colorado isn't just the only place? Let's move out. What made you comfortable doing that? Um, I think, to be honest, what made me comfortable, I guess, first of all, what made me interested is just going down the, the rabbit hole of all the podcasts and just understanding that, you know, some of the you know smartest investors out there, they don't just stay in their own market. They look around um, because every market is different and there's going to be opportunity, you know, everywhere, uh, not everywhere, but, you know, there's the opportunity out, outside your, your own market. Um, but in, in, and then in terms of um, uh when I, when I decided to do that, yeah, it was just, you guys, you guys provided a lot of comfort, um, and just kind of client testimonials, you know, listening, listening to, you know, rent to retirement and, and some of the, the, the other turnkey providers and just realizing that, you know, it's not this big, scary world to invest across the state line and, you know, everyone's kind of, you know, in the, in the, you know, on your team in terms of the property manager, in terms of, um, you know, the providers like yourself and everyone wants you to win. Um, and at the end of the day, that's, that's really what's been happening. So yeah, again, very comfortable investing out, out of state. So what are your highest and lowest interest rates that you currently have on your properties? 
Yeah, so the highest is 6.5%, the one that I just mentioned. Uh, we will see what we get on the Florida properties. You know, those will probably, I guess we're going to go through a hard money stage of, of construction. So that's going to be the highest, which I think they're quoting 12.5% now. Um, but when it look when, when it comes to kind of refinancing those into longer term debt, uh, we'll see where the market is, you know, kind of between now and, and the end of the year. Um, but the lowest is is uh, is uh, 2.675. Wow, nice. And how long did you research real estate before uh, you took the plunge of investing? Yeah. So, yeah. So like I mentioned, so the first one was, wasn't really an investment. Yeah. We're going to go with the first real investment property you bought. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess there's kind of two, two phases to this, the, the research in terms of just education and then the research into the actual property. And so the education part is was quite a while. I'd say, you know, six months of really listening to like every single podcast I, I could, reading all the books um, and just kind of, yeah, diving in deep into really understanding what I'm, what I'm getting myself into. And then from there, you know, once I started looking, um, it was actually pretty quick. I identified a property that was, you know, right in my kind of target market, right in my target range. And, you know, if you don't take action, nothing happens. So went, 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 went into it pretty quick. Yeah. Um, this is the question I'm pretty sure I know the answer to. Do you wish you'd done it sooner? The best time to buy real estate is always 10 years ago, right? So yes, absolutely. <laughs> and um, your, uh, how are you achieving your goal? Are you just dumping everything into real estate or are you just kind of setting it aside? I mean, I assume based on what you said with your strategy, you're just all in, you know, any savings is going towards real estate and continuing to buy? That's right. Yeah. So if I think of kind of the investments that I've made over time, you know, of course, to have double dabbled in the stock market and crypto and, you know, all of this stuff that, you know, it's great until it's not so great. And it's great until it's not so great. And the one thing that has been consistent and just, you know, good for stress levels and just general like happiness <laughs> with life has been real estate. And so I think given where I am right now in my journey and, and kind of the, the time frame that I have pretty much dumping all of it into real estate. You mentioned in your six months or so of uh, research in real estate that you listen to books uh, you listen to podcasts and read books. Um, yeah. Was there any particular book? Um, obviously, our podcast was the one that did it. Um, were there any particular books that you would recommend to people other than um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the Purple Bible, as they call it? The Purple Bible. Yeah, that that's the number one. Uh, but another book that really kind of changed my perspective on things is um, Loopholes of Real Estate by by Garrett Sutton. Okay. Nice. Yeah. He's a, he's a lawyer, right? Asset management type person. Yeah. We've, we've interviewed him uh, before. He's a good guy. So loopholes of real estate. All right. Well, we'll, we'll put a link to that in the, the show notes. Let me just make a note here, link to that in the show notes. So Richard, anything else you want to leave our listeners with before we wrap it up today? No, I think, I think we hit most of it. Um, I would say that, uh, you know, I, I'm quite grateful that, you know, I stumbled upon, you know, rent retirement and, you know, these books and kind of have gone down this, this real estate um, wormhole, if you want to call it. And so I've, I've actually kind of, um, you know, decided to try to give back in, in my own way. So I, I did create an Instagram account um, called traveling.property.investor. Um, and that traveling is with two L's um, because my phone is from the UK. And so it, uh, it, uh, it, it spelled traveling with two L's. So again, traveling.property.investor. And yeah, it's just kind of my way to, to give back and um, really spread the word to, you know, both my, you know, my friends and, and, and acquaintances in the US, but uh, to, to my friends across the world also that, you know, there is such an, an amazing opportunity when it comes to investing in US real estate that, you know, I just want to spread the word. And, and so I've been trying to do that via Instagram. So feel free to, to add me if you want or shoot me a message and you're know, happy to have a chat. 
Yeah. Uh, one question I meant to ask that I forgot just a minute ago and you made me think of it again. What do your friends think about the fact that you own properties in Memphis and building in Florida, um, having, you know, never lived there or done that? And how did not only that, but then how did the people in, you know, Thailand react whenever you said, yeah, I'm going to go over to the embassy and close on properties in uh, in the U.S. today? Yeah. So I would say I would, there's two buckets. There's my friends and then there's my parents. <laughs> um, and so I think um, I think uh, mo- most of them are, are quite uh, risk adverse if, if I if I could you know define them. And so um, they always get a, a hoot out of kind of what I'm doing next. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, it's it, it takes some getting used to. And, you know, what's Richard doing next? Oh, he's investing in Florida. Oh, he's living in Singapore. Oh, he's signing a loan document at the U.S. Embassy in, in London. And so I think it's quite entertaining to them. But I think they also see the value that it's creating, um, you know, uh, you know, the opportunity and, and just kind of the investment returns and, and what eventually it's going to lead to, you know, I, I think they're quite interested. And so um, I've had started to have conversations with with quite a few friends on and kind of getting started as well. And, you know, I've sent quite a few of them your way. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, part of the journey. <laughs> so what about when you were overseas and said, I'm going to go close on a property in the US? How'd that part go? And then your parents, you didn't mention what your parents said. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the friends in, in the US, uh, or sorry, in, in Singapore, actually, when I closed on the property just recently, um, uh, it, it, some, of, uh, some of my friends are American and they actually invest in, in the US as well. So they've seen the light and we kind of uh, we kind of tackle it together in terms of brainstorming ideas and whatnot. So it wasn't too surprising to them, but kind of my local Singaporean friends, they they thought it was very cool and you know very interested in, uh, in you know, what's the whole process? What does this, what does this look like? Because the, the real estate market in, in Singapore is, is quite a bit different with government restrictions and it's, you know, very landlocked, small country. Um, so, you know, a lot of interest in, you know, what is the, what is the opportunity in the U S and it's kind of, you know, it's kind of cool that you have to go to the U S embassy and, and, and sign documents and that kind of thing. It, it, uh, it makes me seem cooler than I really am, but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, just, just pretty fun. And then my parents as well, I think, uh, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've done a, enough crazy things in my life, like, you know, quitting my job and moving to Thailand and, and then quitting that and coming back and then moving to London and then Singapore that nothing really phases them anymore, but, um, they're, they're quite supportive and, you know, they've seen, uh, you know, the benefit of the real estate in, in, um, in, in Colorado and, uh, you know, just supportive if, if, uh, if it makes sense for me, um, then, you know, they're happy. All right. Well, fantastic. Well, Richard, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Everybody else head on over. We will link his Instagram in the show notes as well, but head on over to rent to retirement, schedule a time to talk with us. I'd love to do it. You can also see the inventory he was alluding to during the show right there on the site. Don't forget to leave a review for us on whatever podcast platform you use. Send an email to podcast at renttoretirement.com with a screenshot of it, and we will send you a $10 uh, Amazon gift card for uh, our appreciation. And also, if you want the top 20 markets to invest in in 2023 report that uh, Zach finished up recently, send that over to podcast at rent to retirement, ask for it, and I will make sure that gets sent over to you as soon as possible. That's the top 20 markets to invest in in 2023. Really appreciate the time you spend educating yourself today. Talk to you on the next episode.